It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. What do you think of when you hear the words porn star? If you're like many people out in the public, you picture a buxom blonde woman who's not exactly bright, who's pretty much a total party girl. Uh, but as many of you all know, you wonderful listeners, there's a whole lot more to adult entertainers than that. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am thrilled to have the awesome Mo Johnson joining me today. Uh, Mo the Monster Johnson has quickly become one of the most sought-after new male performers in the adult industry. Uh, hailing from New York City, his fixation for adult film started in 2009 when a few of his homemade videos basically went crazy and he got pretty famous overnight. Uh, he has uh, since performed over 100 scenes in 2015 alone, working with a bevy of top female performers and for the biggest producers and directors in the industry. You can learn more at MoTheMonster.com. Thank you so much for joining me, Mo. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Sunny day in California. <laughs> I know. You just can't beat it, right? Uh, yeah, I'm from Minnesota, so I know that you never quite lose the appreciation for the sunshine in the fall. That's true, uh, for sure. So yeah, you grew really up in, in New York City, right? And then uh, moved out here. Growing up, uh, this is a question I ask a lot of our um, guests. I think it's really telling about our culture and interesting, too. What did you learn about sex and sexuality uh, growing up? It was like sex in my household was kind of like a secret thing for me because like my parents, they was together the whole time I grew up. So they always kind of preached to me about, you know, family's values and staying together and raising your family together. So sex for us was always kind of something we never really talked about. Like my mother would like turn off the X-ray, I'm not X-ray, but like R-rated movies if it was a sex scene. So it was, it was very strict growing up. And um, when I kind of got to be a teenager, I actually had the luxury of being able to intern into the music industry, which kind of had me go on a road and kind of see a lot of the life of us being kind of like a roadie with some of the uh, major celebrities that was like in hip hop and R&B. So that's where I kind of picked up my sexual urges from in that, uh, that point in my life. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like so many of us get it from, you know, experience and what we're exposed to. And a lot of people now are, are introduced through adult film. Um, I was really interested that you decided to make your own videos. What prompted you to do that? Well, I used like when I was in college, I used to have a lot of girls that would always make jokes to me, like because of my size. They said, oh, you can do porn. You should do porn. So it kind of stuck with me. And when I kind of got low with, you know, tuition and everything like that, um, I thought, well, maybe I could make money and become uh, a adult performer. I wasn't really into being a male stripper or anything like that, but I knew I did have the package to be able to perform. So I kind of played with it. And um, the first thing actually I, I did was because it was a bet, because I was actually hanging out with a, a, a amateur porn director in New York. 
And me and him was like going back and forth with it for two years because I was in college and he was kind of like, you know, he kind of knew more than me. Like, you know, once you do this, it's no turning back really, you know? So I kind of like learned how uh, a porn company is actually run from the ground up. So when it got to the point where me and him was like kind of going head to head with each other, it became like a little rival thing because he, he, he was alpha male of his production and I always had ambition to do my own production stuff, but I was kind of trying to learn from him. So he had bet me playing um, uh, basically a video game, and he said, well, if you win, I'll shoot you your first scene. So I said, okay, fine. So we played the game, and I, I won. And he said, okay, so he threw a wrench in it, and he said, well, since you won, we're going to shoot. We're going to shoot it my way. So I said, well, what do you want to do? So we had, we, like, we had an like, in-house studio that we was working with, but he decided we want to, she wanted to shoot the scene on an actual subway in New York City. So my very first scene was actually shot live and direct on an actual operating New York subway car. What? <laughs> How is that even possible? That is crazy, Mo. So did you, did people, did you ask anyone or did you just kind of start doing it? It's like we basically kind of started like in the morning, like right before like the morning rush hour was starting to pick up. And um, we actually rode the train almost from we was in Brooklyn. So we rode the train from almost the last stop to almost the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, and by that point, I mean, the train started getting crowded. I mean, it was about 25 people on the actual train going to work in the morning. And we was just, you know, filming a scene. Mm-hmm. And um, once, it, once, once we didn't want to go into Manhattan because you know Manhattan is obviously a lot more police. So we turned around and then we came back and we shot the other half of the scene <laughs> and we finished the scene actually on the train. Yeah. Oh <laughs> were people saying anything? I mean, onlookers were they looking? Were they? Did they just think, oh, they're supposed to be doing this? Uh, I, it, it was a lot of weird faces. A lot of people were looking at me crazy. Luckily, this was back in 2005, so like the whole camera phone and cell phone rage wasn't really there yet. But guaranteed, if if it was today, it would have probably been a hundred people, um, you know, taking pictures and putting it on, on on social media and stuff like that. I mean, it, it was literally, you know, people just going to work. So that was, that was one of my first, that was actually my first thing to get me into it. So my family had found out because it went viral. And by the time it was down, because we did it in the summer. So by the time it was November of the same year, it was around Thanksgiving. And everybody was sitting at the table. And I had my whole entire father's side of the family there. And then my loudmouth older cousin found out from one of them. My, my younger cousins and she's like yeah he's on YouTube ah, 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 ah. and the whole family knew that I did this, this porn so they told me not to do it and um, that kind of had you know once someone kind of tells you not to do something and if it's a passion of yours it kind of gives you that ambition to now want to do it even more because now it, it, it's going against the rules so I, I finished out college and then um, after working for a lot of companies in, um, in Manhattan, like corporate America type stuff, I decided to just take a chance. So the first scene that I shot on my own was actually a, a girl that used to kind of work with the, the director. So she knew me and she was at after hours and she was like, well, um, you know, can you can you do can, can you can you do the scene with me? Because I need money. So I said, fine. So on the way to my house. She was like so drunk from the club hanging out. She jumps out, 
halfway out the window and she like starts straddling my my first the first night was driving shotgun she starts straddling his face and she's hanging out the window playing with herself and she's screaming out the window this is her fantasy this is her fantasy so of course at that time i was already um I was already actually shooting for companies in LA. I mean, I mean in New York, and I had my my little handy cam. So I filmed the whole part of her hanging out the window, and that was one of the videos um, combined with an additional video that I did in the back of a grocery store, and then a video that I reenacted with my uh, at that time girlfriend, where we actually went back and did another scene on the subway that was live. So those videos was the one. Um, got picked up by this adult wow. uh, internet company who was starting up, and they put it on Worldstar. And then after that, it was it was over. Wow! <laughs> and just beginning at the same time. Well, you're very innovative. I have to give you that. Very creative. And you mentioned, you know, that she was really drunk and jumping out a window or or hanging out a window. Obviously, there's a big difference between you know the the amateur starting out uh, porn, which you know, can still be very artistic and expressive and exciting and all that. Um, and then working on set, as I know you do um, now professionally and, and running your own show as well. So what kinds of what is it like on a on a, you know, a film set from uh, what would we kind of be surprised by if we've never experienced um, being there? What is it kind of like for the performers? Well, as for a male performance, it's a little more difficult than it is for a female because you have to have somewhat of mental control of your body completely because it's a lot of stopping and going. You know, they take the girls' pictures, then they take the pictures with us together, then we stop, have a little break, then we go back in and we do the video. And according to how the chemistry is working out throughout the video, it can turn into a situation where you're shooting for 40 minutes straight to a situation where it could be two hours because the girl might not be comfortable, the position that they want might not be comfortable, you know, the guy may go up and down. So it's like, and L.A. is so corporate because it's like literally like if you mess up one time, you can might you might not ever get a call back from a company again to work for them because they spent thousands of dollars to rent you know nice mansions and they have these productions and these girls and then you know it's also hard uh, for men as well because if you do you know any chance it happens to everybody you have a bad scene you know the girl's gonna tell her friends and everybody's gonna know. So, like, you know, the world may not know, but within the adult community, it's like, you know, girls are like, oh, no, I don't want to work for him. You know, they'll put him on a no list and won't be able to get a lot of work because girls don't want to obviously be on set for a long time and not get paid or not be able to get their full amount because the scene didn't happen. So it's it's very, very different. It's very, very strict. Um, you know, you have to do a lot of training. It's a lot more competition because you have people who start their career or started their career in L.A. So once you kind of knew, a lot of people don't realize that like the new people, obviously, they're going to give them a lot more work because people want to always see new people in, in movies. So you have to first build your reputation enough you know, one, people will have to like you. Then you have to build it up to where they want to really see you. And then you can start working into having signature moves and other type of things like some of the top stars, male and female, where people just know them because they have their own niches now. You know, so it's very, it's a very, very, very structured business in LA opposed to dealing with amateur porn in New York. Gotcha. 
Interesting. Very interesting. And what are some of the stereotypes and myths that you see? I know that um, a lot of the people that I have interviewed from the adult industry, you know, they're all like you, very savvy, um, have college degrees, many of them, they have, they chose these careers, you know, whereas I think uh, in the public, there's kind of this perception that people are, especially women are forced into this work. Uh, what are some of the myths uh, that you could debunk that you see in the porn industry? I mean, with porn, it, it, it's pretty much, you never know. I mean, there's some women that, like you said, they're doctorants, they're, they're, they're bachelors, you know, they have education and they strategically market themselves. And then there's some girls who kind of might have had a rough life. They might have went into stripping. Then they go into porn because they want to make money or they might have went to escorting and now they're trying to do porn to get a bigger um, reputation for escorting and charge more money. So there's so many different ways that people find themselves into the industry. It's, it's not really like any one particular myth that I can actually say because everybody has their own thing. Some people are like, you know, stoned out their mind or they get high out their mind before they come to perform. And those people normally don't last too long. And then there's people that come in, they treat it like it's a business and they're very, very professional. And those are the ones that you see in a lot of the major productions and a lot of the feature films. Interesting. So it, it definitely pays off. And as you said, that reminded me very much of the acting business, which I used to be uh, working here as an actor. And the same thing, there are people who are studying and showing up to class and bringing their game and uh, making sure they slept before auditions and whatnot. And then there are people who enter because they're insecure or want to get famous really fast or whatever. So it's just goes to show, you know, every career path, everybody's different. And, you know, I just think there shouldn't be judgment around it for sure. Um, and what do you have coming up next? What's in the pipeline for you? For me, um, today they just actually released um, this new technology for Naughty America, which is actually like a virtual reality so male fans or female fans could actually see how I see things on the first person from like literally if I turn, if they turn their phone, they can actually turn and see the entire room and they can do everything. So that's, that's one, that's one of the projects that just came out today. Um, I also did a parody for, um, it's called Ronda Rouse Me. And that was off the UFC fighter. That was a parody with Joanna Angels, uh, Burner Angels. Um, and then I also did a big project for Wicked that's supposed to be coming out soon. And then there's also this big project with this superstar um, porn, porn star from um, Australia who actually came out and she put a big budget together for a nice movie, um, Angela White. And um, I actually had the pleasure of working with two legends, um, Lex, Lexington Skill and also Rico, Rico Strong with her in that, in that scene, which just was released uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then I have like my regular internet stuff that I always do for like Bang Bros, Dog Far. Uh, I work, I work a very lot, um, in LA because, you know, I've, I've built my reputation of being very reliable. And then outside of work for others, I have my own website, which I shoot a lot of stuff with girls that's in the industry or have been in the industry. And I'm also working on, um, a cartoon that I just released, um, on October 1st that I'll be doing like a 10 part, um, mini, mini um, animated series to go with my adult films. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself busy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're doing a very good job of that. I saw that you had a, a big Twitter chat yesterday. Um, you were talking about interracial courting. I, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're in the middle of shooting and everything, but just real quick, what's, uh, what's one big pro of interracial dating? 
the pro of it is that right now it's very big. Uh, a lot, a lot of people are starting to lose the whole idea of, uh, you know, white women and black men, or vice versa, um, dating um, as far as on the main. So it's not as taboo as it probably was about ten years ago. So now it's just the hottest thing. So this is like the best time to be in interracial porn, and then it obviously stems off into your real life because you know I'm like every day I was around beautiful white women. So eventually, you know, you're gonna have a connection with one or two of them, or you'll start having those similar uh, interests because of the fact that you're always around them, even if you may not like that particular one. You know, you can always run into one um, in the street or in your own personal life um, that may look similar or you may have the similar type of chemistry with. So I've, I've been dating, I date pretty much every every type of race, every type of nationality. I don't really, um, you know, stereotype. And uh, what is it like when you're out there dating? Do, do people tend to already know your career or is it something that people get really extra excited about or is it sometimes a bit intimidating? Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it it gets inside. I mean, if I go to like anywhere in the valley because it's so it's so known, it's so custom in the valley, then I'll run into people I know or people that see me. And they're like, "Yo, Mo, I seen your work," you know. Or especially if I'm with a, a, a female porn star that's known, especially like a, a, like a Caucasian one. It's definitely like I've, I've had people run up to me afterwards, like as soon as she went to the bathroom, and they be like, "Yo, do you know who you went? Do you know who you went?" I'm like, yes, I know who I'm with, you know? And they're like, well, can I get a picture with her? I'm like, no, you can't get a picture with her, you know? So it it, it, st- it definitely stands into my personal life. And, you know, it, some, sometimes it can go it can go 50-50. Um, some people are, you know, they send me, they're like, right on, brother. You know, and then there's other people who, you know, feel upset or females that may be upset or, you know, guys from their, from their similar nationality may feel offended. Like, well, why are you with this black guy? You know, you, you can be with me or you should be with me. And you know, it's just their own insecurities. And then, you know, they, I have a situation where people have to pick fights or try to throw stuff at us. And, you know, so it can go 50-50, you know, gotcha. but it still doesn't change the situation. Interesting. Very interesting. And just really quick, I'm going to ask you a turn on and a turn off. So first, what is one of your biggest turn ons? My biggest turn on is foreplay um, or, or a woman that kind of actually shows genuine interest. Like if she's, if she's really digging me, then it's on, you know, I mean, especially being in this, in this uh, entertainment. It's some people or some girls who just do it for a check. So it's like for me, if the girl is like into foreplay, she's into touching, she's into kissing, or kissing, she's into being um, passionate, then it definitely um, turns me on. Love it, love it. And what's a big turn off for you? Turn off is like when a girl has an attitude, or like if she's real stuck up, and she like she thinks that she's better than everybody. You know that that I don't like. I think beauty comes from within. You know, not just from, you know, what you look like, you know, so that's really like, if I, if I think a girl is like too full of herself or too conceited, that's like a complete turn off. Amen. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me and we are wishing you all the best. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on the show. Hopefully I can come in the studio again um, in the future when I have some more projects and stuff and kind of like talk to you about it. Sure. That'd be great. Yeah, definitely keep me posted. Take care. 
Very fun chat. Uh, to learn more about him, again, check out his website, MoTheMonster.com. You can learn all kinds of stuff. A couple of weeks ago, when I was in New York City for World Sexual Health Day, I had the pleasure of sitting down with our resident expert, Dr. Megan Fleming, to talk about all kinds of stuff. She's a wonderful resource, as y'all know. And I thought I would play a short clip from our chat with y'all today. Uh, she had some wonderful thoughts on questions I hear all the time. So I had a, a woman ask me at a conference last year uh, about an issue she was having with her partner. She was concerned because he was watching adult film, watching porn every night to get off, she said. And she felt really uncomfortable about that. She said that she wasn't sure if she should feel uncomfortable. She felt very guilty for feeling weird about it. And she basically asked me, is this a problem that he's doing this every night? Uh, what are your, your thoughts on that? Well, I actually think that it's a very common question because I think partners typically feel like if I'm in a relationship, my partner shouldn't need or want or desire either porn or masturbation. And I think the part that is so key here is to recognize that as long as your partner, when you're interested in sex, is interested in you and that they don't have any difficulties getting aroused or giving you pleasure or the timing their orgasm, then to really sort of step out of that box and wonder how or why for you, what what's coming up or what, what story are you telling yourself that you believe on any level that just because I'm in a relationship, if my partner wants or desires that, somehow they don't want or desire you. Because mm. I think it's a normal part of our sexuality and sexual expression that when people masturbate, it's for tension relief, it's to get to sleep, it's, you know, um, for pleasure. There are many different reasons that it doesn't in any way equal, I'm not interested or I don't desire you. Very good points. That's so interesting. And I'm sure a lot of women will relate to that. Um, I've also heard from some uh, people, including we had an advocate for... He works with people who um, are struggling with kind of dependency on porn, who have dysfunction mm. from it. Um, it seems that there's sort of this uncharted terrain now with this huge abundance of porn. Uh, kids are seeing it earlier and earlier. They're curious. How do you know if porn is a problem in your relationship? Well, you bring up a good point, which I think speaks to sort of what's your sexual map. And the reality is more kids today are learning their sexuality through self-expression, porn, long before they ever have a partnered experience. So I certainly think that it's true that um, a lot of people don't necessarily know how to differentiate the experience of sexuality and intimacy and in relationship versus for self-pleasure or to manage stress or tension. And so ultimately, again, I think the problem becomes when it feels like your partner is understimulated, getting bored, doesn't get aroused, isn't into giving you pleasure. Like, I think what gets lost in our culture is a focus on outcome and ejaculation and orgasm, but ultimately sexuality and intimacy is about giving and receiving pleasure. So that's the key part that, listen, your partner may or may not have had that initial experience by themselves growing up, but when they transition to be in relationship with you, Ideally, it becomes a whole different ballgame in a whole new world about exploring with another person what's in real time 
interactively, sort of those boundaries and um, walking that tightrope together to sort of see what you really do enjoy, what feels too much, too little, and, and really exploring it together. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. To learn more about her, make sure to visit her website, greatlifegreatsex.com, and follow her on Twitter at Megan Fleming PhD. For more Girl Boner Fun, head over to my website, augustmclaughlin.com, where you will find show notes, social media links, and much, much more. To support us and get some awesome intimacy products, shop at Good Vibrations by clicking the ad in my sidebar. If you have a question for me and Dr. Megan, just hit the contact tab while you're there, and we will totally consider answering your question. It's completely confidential, and we love hearing from you. If you're digging what you hear here on Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes and leave us a simple review. While you're at it, why not tell your friends about us? Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.